On today's episode of Double Down Trent, Hughes and I are making our week number six picks. A couple of big mismatches on the board, some weird, funky lines that we're going to break down. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Roback. Not only do they have the best polos and quarter zips in the game, but now they've gotten into the hoodie game. So go ahead, go over to Roback.com. That's R H O B A C K. Dot com and use the promo code CAS15. That's C A Z 15 for 15% off your first order. Go ahead and get that. I rock them all the time. I wear them around the house. I wear them at the golf course. I wear them just going out to dinner and I'm always getting compliments. Great gear. So stay tuned for episode number 116 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent all right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan, and tonight we are bringing it back circa Gray Court, campus of University of Richmond, 2003. It's Kaz and Hughes, our Patriots expert living in Philly. How you doing, bud? Let's go, baby. Just like the old days, I love to be back. I know that our old days don't quite spam the old days that you have with the with the model but at the same time i think we're going to put together a nice show tonight and i think you know again as we discussed a little bit earlier i've got some hot takes and so i'm very excited to have this uh time with you and uh better get ready oh absolutely my friend we are gonna be rolling uh i mean we got a lot to discuss we've got it's a great time for sports here we got playoff baseball we've got the lcs coming up your juice about your socks before we go into football Give me some thoughts, my friend. Sox are in the championship series. What are you feeling? Uh, juice about the Sox. McCullers is out for the series, it sounds like, for Houston, which I think is a big break for the Red Sox. Obviously, they got to go down there. Chris Sale pitching game one is kind of crazy. But, I mean, ultimately, I want to look back a little bit on the Rays series if I if I can have a chance. And, and I think we were talking about this, like, you can't play spreadsheet baseball forever. And I cannot imagine how a 100-win team in Tampa decided to trot out three starters in the series that had not started really any games for them, like during the regular season. And I think it's a testament to one Fenway park being back. And I think two a testament to the fact that baseball is played on the field. Um, I think I sent you a stat where I think the last game of the series, there were only 11 combined strikeouts. And I think anytime the ball is being put in play, baseball is a lot of fun, but at the same time, it becomes unpredictable because it becomes up to the guys that are making the plays and the guys that, that need to make the right decisions. And I think we saw that a little bit in this series. It was a lot of fun and some quirky, weird stuff that happened. Uh, but I'm pumped for the Sox. Again, Houston's going to be an uphill battle. But again, without McCullers, I think that that helps them. And Chris Sale going game one definitely gives them a chance if, he, if they need to have a bullpen game in game one to kind of spread it out over the rest of the series. So I can't wait. I'm excited for tonight's game uh, in, between the Dodgers and the, and the Giants. I'm hoping the Giants win. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, baseball season, when, the, you know, when guys are wearing hats, things are looking a little crisp. It's a fun time to be involved in baseball. Oh, I love playoff baseball. It's just so different. When you get people that aren't into baseball in the regular season, you sit them down and watch a playoff baseball game. It's incredible. Every pitch matters, especially as the game's getting later into the innings. Fantastic time. Uh, but I do agree with you, man. You, you nailed it. You cannot play just based on what the analytics are saying to you. I was saying that back in the day of Moneyball, you can't just be Moneyball. 
You've got to have a feel for the game. You've got to have a coach who's sitting there watching things progress, making decisions in the game. You can't just look at a sheet and say, well, it's the fifth yep. inning. Here's what we got to do. And, yeah. I mean, the Rays did that last year in the World Series. They pulled uh, – Yeah, Snell. I forgot. Ian, Snell yeah. pulled him out. It's like, dude, he's got like a no-hitter or one-hitter going. He's dominant. Keep him in the game. And yep. we see it more and more with these coaches that just rely on the analytics that they're not winning. And I'll say this. You, you know, we both played sports. We both were lucky enough to play on teams that were able to get to a championship level. Um, and I think that the one thing you learn is that there are things that guys are able to do in certain situations that no statistic, no preparation, nothing could ever prepare you for. But at the same time, like human nature allows you to rise to the occasion and it allows certain things to bring out the best in people and also to bring out the worst. And I think we've seen that in baseball. We've seen that in football. And I think that's where I totally agree with you. I think you have to manage, you have to coach, you have to play based on the feel of what you see and what you know. And I think a lot of guys love the, the analytics is great. And I would never be the guy that's like, analytics is stupid. You shouldn't even look at it because it's important. And I think yes. in a 162 game regular season, it means even more. But you get into the postseason and you got a crowd at Fenway Park that is literally going bananas from pitch one to the last out, it's just different. They don't have that in Tampa. You're not going to games at the Trop where you're no. faced with that level of adversity where, again, their chance is great. I, I will say give a lot of credit to Kevin Kiermaier, one of the good dudes in baseball, had the one of the weirdest plays in the history of baseball happen to him. And the next night, they're chanting ground rule double at him. In the yeah. Like, don't, you, don't, you, can't, you can't put that in a statistic. You don't know how Kevin Kiermaier – and granted, he turned around. He gave him a little ball flat. Yeah, yeah. He was, and again, those type of dudes, you know those type of dudes are going to be there forever. But there are some guys that hear that and like, you know, the things in the head, head they, start to, they start to get a little rattled. And I think that was what was cool about watching this series is that you had a team in the Rays that had a great regular season. They're a very well-built team. But you also had a, an environment, and I think it affected the Yankees too in that wildcard game. Like Cole talked about it. Like he was complaining about what it was like in the bullpen warming up and being like, I can't believe they let the fans that close. That park has been the same for a hundred years. <laughs> right. There have right. been guys warming up in that park for a hundred years. I haven't heard one fucking person complain. All of a sudden the $350 million man can't fucking warm up and show up for a one game playoff. That's where the Yankees again need to go with guys that they know can compete and can win. Maybe Garrett Cole's not that guy. I mean, it sure seems like it. The guy shows up in the regular season, but in big moments, I don't trust the guy, and I don't. I, I, I will not trust that guy. I mean, way no, too overpaid for what he is. I mean, it's unbelievable. You like it, you invest that much money. You have all their fans saying that Empire's back. We, we you know, you, we can't be beat. No one will touch us. And then what happens? Like again, they cannot rise to the occasion when I mean the stadium is shaking and people are absolutely out to get him talking about spider tack, calling him Kermit, <laughs> Kermit Cole, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But like, and then for people to be like, I can't believe they would do that. What? Hello. Have you been, have you been to stadium? a game? Right. Or, like old Yankee stadium. The intimidation factor is, was off the charts. That's the thing about fans now and the way that they built some of these stadiums, you need to have the fans next to the players because that's where it starts to happen where you have home field advantage. And like, that's where we talked about Buffalo, right? The mafia. We talked about places in the NFL too, where, there's just an inherent advantage to playing with a fan base that is absolutely ravenous. It's just, it, it's just different. Yeah. And you got to have those guys that can handle that. I would love to be a fly on the wall for some of these like free agency recruitings, just to see how you can get in these guys' heads. Like if it's me, right. I'm playing this guy in everything possible. That's competitive. I'm playing him in checkers, chess, ping pong, get me out there. I want to see how this guy responds yeah. when you're being competed against because he sure as hell seems, and I'll quote the late great Kobe Bryant, Charmin soft. <laughs>
Yeah, charm. Agreed. Agreed. Unbelievable. Like the fact that you can't make it. Out, I mean, again, and and the money. Maybe I shouldn't like harp on the money, but the guy's pitched in big games. Like he's not like this oh, yeah. was his first big game. The fact of the matter is, he was in an uncomfortable situation, and they got to him. And and not only that, he had been bad for about a month too. But like, uh, I think it, it it got in his head, and then I think Aaron Boone. I mean, again, I'm not, I, you know, Coulter's not here to defend his boy, but like at the same time, Booney, come on, bro. I mean, like, Ugh. like, I can't believe they're bringing him back. Like, I mean, like, right I can't now, either, the, man. the street is like, they're going to, they're going to recreate it and think that Booney can do it. I mean, I don't not like Booney, but at the same time, that team was not ready to play. Well, talk, it's just a continuation. That guy just goes by the book. He says, what does yep. the book tell me right now? Yep. He doesn't have a feel for the game. And that's shocking for a guy of Boone statue who played for how many years in the league. It's like, you should know that this game is more than just numbers on a piece of paper. And I'll let Mr. Model, he's not here. I, you know, again, like you I said, know. the statistics are important. You need an analytics guy, but you also need a guy to be like, all right, I now I'm considering that analytics, but I'm also looking at the field and what's happening here. And with the two, I need to make a decision. That's exactly. how you got to do it. I, I so, totally agree. And again, I think football has gone towards, you know, more analytics, but it's still the, per- I mean, to me, it's still the game that, can't you can't you can't have it as your thing like when I mean, we and again i've got a hot take on kyle shanahan and i think that there are guys that think that again if you have the best offense if you have the best play design if you have the players win the games the, the scheme doesn't always win the plays don't the players win the games and i think that that's what it comes down to if you don't have the right guys it doesn't matter how good your fucking scheme is could not agree more. And that's a good segue because as you guys know, as the listeners know, one of our famous segments on this show is the bad coaching segment. And we've hammered home the usual suspects. I mean, we practically ran Bill O'Brien out of, out of Houston here. So I think it's time for us to give a little bit of a negative light to a guy that is going to be shocking to be on this list. And I know you said his name, but I think it's time we look at Kyle Shanahan here. And you've got a pretty unique perspective as a Patriots fan here. So Take it away, my friend. What do you think about Kyle? Is he a little overrated? I, my concern ultimately is that there are a lot of people out there that think that because you can design cool plays and do cool shit and that your dad coached in the NFL or whatever, that all of a sudden you are the next thing and that you are untouchable and you've got all this shit. All I'm trying to say, and this is all I want anybody to think about is Kyle Shanahan is a very good offensive coordinator. I would not deny that. But at the same time, Kyle Shanahan also – orchestrated the largest collapse in Super Bowl history. And he did it by not having a sense for what he needed to do as a play caller, in my opinion, down the stretch to win a game. So that happened, whatever. He goes to San Fran. That team was pretty loaded in terms, in a lot of ways. And I think they, you know, he was able to do some good things with the Jimmy Garoppolo era and what they did in that one Super Bowl. But I don't know if people were paying attention to the news today, but a very interesting story dropped that the goat, and I refer to him as that because I've loved him forever, and he's now won a, he's now won a Super Bowl in Tampa. He's now maybe in the top three for MVP voting based on what he's done so far this year. He wanted to go to San Francisco. He asked to go to San Francisco, and what did Kyle Shanahan say? No, we're good. We're gonna stick with Jimmy G because we think Jimmy G is the future. Okay, all right, Kyle. I'll give you this. If that were the case and Jimmy G ended up turning into Tom Brady, great. But what does Kyle Shanahan do fucking less than 24 months later? He goes and trades his entire future to fucking trade up in the draft and draft Trey Lance. So in my head, I'm like, okay, 
Jimmy G is clearly not the guy. So he either didn't know how to evaluate the fucking quarterback to begin with, or he didn't like Tom Brady. So it's one of those two things. But then you fast forward and you're like, but you could have brought in Tom Brady, traded and gotten Trey Lance, and you could have had a natural progression and had a chance to win a Super Bowl with Tom when he's playing in his hometown and he wanted to go there. He would have taken a discount. He did that in New England several times. Yep. And they fucking said no. I just cannot come around to the idea that someone looked at Tom Brady who said, I want to come play for your team. And they said, you know what? Now we're good. And again, guess who did it? Fucking Kyle Shanahan. And look at what they did last week. Last week they went out and they scored 10 fucking points. 10 points. With his boy under center, the guy he drafted and traded all these picks for. Who, in my opinion, and again, no offense to Trey Lance. You and I played Division One, Division One AA football. Trey Lance played Division One AA football. I will always stand up for the guy that played Division One. Even Carson Wentz, to a certain extent, right. even though that guy's out the fucking lunch. <laughs> I will stand up for these guys. I will say this: Trey Lance is a running back. He's a great or, or he's a great running quarterback. Yeah. He is not an NFL stand in the pocket, sling the ball down the field quarterback. They could have traded nobody and drafted fucking Mac Jones and been. I mean, Mac's proven that he's good. Mac's yeah. a good quarterback. Like you could have waited, not traded a single draft pick and gotten that guy. And if Kyle Shanahan's so fucking great at his job, why the fuck do you need to trade your entire draft to go up and get Trey Lance? I do not understand this at all. I know they love to run the ball. I think they had good running backs. They're all hurt now. But at the same time, like the whole Kyle Shanahan thing of him being the next fucking great coach and he's going to be, he's such a genius. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And and granted, Salah leaves their defense stinks. I mean, like, I don't, you know, like coincidence. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying you don't need to surround yourself with good people, but I, again, off the soapbox, but Kyle Shanahan, (laughs) I think is the most overrated coach at the moment in the NFL. And we've bagged on a lot of guys who I don't think are overrated who stink, (laughs) but I would say this, Kyle Shanahan is absolutely 100% overrated as a head coach. And the thing that makes no sense to me, especially with this Brady thing, is when you look back at the best seasons that Kyle Shanahan had as an offensive coordinator was with Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is not going to run by anybody. That guy is not a running quarterback. So you get a guy who is in the same mold as Matt Ryan, but a thousand times better than Tom Brady. You're now running that offense with Tom Brady in there. Like that is a not even a substantial jump. That is an enormous jump. And when you're, when you're talking about him saying like, oh, Jimmy G's the guy, and then they go draft Trey Lance, it honestly makes me think of one of my favorite movies, one of ours, A Few Good Men, when Colonel Jessup's there and goes, oh, yeah. if you had him ordered not to be touched, then why was his life in grave danger? It's like, you tell me or something's not right. Something's right. not adding up. And then now you know you'd it. have Brady, you'd have all your draft picks, and who knows what could have been happening. Instead, here they are. So, yeah, yeah. you got Debo. Yeah, you got Debo Samuel, you got Ayuk, you got good skill guys. They got guys, and you, yep. You literally drafted a quarterback who's not going to be able to get any of them involved unless he hands it to him. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's because nuts, they, they watched him roll out and throw fucking bombs in a t-shirt. Again, that's my problem with some of these NFL things. And again, I, I probably am a little bit like get off my lawn about this shit. If you watch a guy in a t-shirt with no helmet on throw balls down the field, I do not give a fuck how far he can throw it, how accurate he is. There needs to be someone running at him trying to kill him, yeah. and he needs to be wearing the equipment with yeah, which he's yeah. going to do. Like, you don't watch hockey players skate around with no pads being like, wow, that guy's going to be a real great player. No, you put the pads on, and then the, the, it becomes a man's game. Same with football. Trey Lance, I think, will be a good quarterback, but I do not think he is going to be the type of quarterback that has the level of accuracy that's going to be able to win a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers unless they have a lot of other pieces that are going to be really good. And the fact that they traded that many draft picks to draft that guy 
is just fucking crazy to me. Unbelievable. And we should let the listeners know we are recording Thursday during the Thursday night game. Your boy, the GOAT, Tom Brady, just took his squad down the field for a very easy <laughs> touchdown. So, I mean, it's like he was listening to us as well here. It just does not add up. I don't get it, my friend. Uh, and, and I will say this, like, there's nothing greater than a motivated superstar. I think maybe San Francisco telling him to go pound sand maybe did help. Got him, him going. Maybe yeah. that got him going a little bit. But I will tell you this. Kyle Shanahan at some point in his life, or Lynch, who I also think is one of the most overrated talent evaluators on the planet Earth, I think one of them is going to have to answer for the fact that they told Tom Brady, the greatest player in the history of the NFL from a winning perspective, to go away. It just does not even make sense. He's, it's just crazy, crazy shit. Yeah. And for Jimmy G. Like, it's like, for Jimmy, Jimmy G. Yes. Yeah. Also, I love how cold-blooded Brady is that he is coming again for Jimmy G. He's like, hey, pal, I'm coming for your job again. Totally gangster. And I, and I think part of that, too, was like – I think there was like this reality. Like, hey, maybe Tom goes to San Fran. They trade Jimmy G back to, back to the Pats. They oh, could have netted positive. They could have gotten – again, this is before Jimmy G fell off the face of the fucking earth. They could have traded Jimmy G for value, probably a first-round pick, yeah. maybe a second-round pick. They could have got Tom Brady. They could have loaded up based off what they had. And instead they said, no, you go away. We're going to trade our entire draft stock in a year and a half to draft fucking Trey Lance out of North Dakota State who hadn't played football in over a year because the yeah. entire Division One AA season had been canceled. This shit's just crazy. It's crazy. It just makes no sense. No, well, people think they're too fucking smart. I kind of want to hear what the listeners have to say, so we'll put it out there on, on the, the Twitter sphere and see what they agree with. But I think you made some good points there, my friend. I'll tell you, I'm fired up about it. As you should be. All right, dude, let's look ahead uh, at our picks for week number six. But first, let's go over how we did last week. So, yeah, not a great week for Bill, 0-2. But, <laughs> but somehow you got a crossfire, a double crossfire, so you came out net positive there in the cash. Yeah. Uh, Coulter went 1-1. One and one. Mr. Model and myself go 2-0, and oh, so feeling pretty good here. I think I'm finding my groove. I told the listeners that if I'm having another shitty week, I'm going full Costanza, full man in the suit, and going opposite. I'll tell you what, that's harder to do than I know. it is to say because I made my picks. I didn't feel great, and I was like, I can't fucking switch these because then it's in your head. So you just gotta, you gotta, it's like a baseball cold streak. You just got to play through it. You got to get a little seeing eye single, got to get a little the flare that falls, and uh, you, know, you get back on the wagon. And, and that's what I, I will say this real quick. I think part of what the man in the suit thing is it almost better to do that when you're winning. You know, it's almost ooh. better to fucking fade yourself because again, yeah. like I think, and, it, and I agree with you though. If you're losing, I do, I do think you just got to stick to it because you know, you know, you can do it. You've done it before. And so it's like, I just need, because you do start to second guess yourself and then it becomes like, well, I'm going to man in the suit something that am I man? Am I second guessing a second guess? And then it's like, that's where you just got to go with it. Get, get back on the wagon. And I think you were able to do that. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like weeks, week two, week three, even week four, I'll even throw out there. I was looking at the board being like, I have no confidence in these picks. I mean, I might as well throw a dart. Last week, though, I felt good. So we'll see what's happening here. I think the Bills, that was a big win for me. That got me back on the wagon, made some cash on them. So I'm feeling good about that, feeling ready to make my week number six picks. Obviously, we can't do the Thursday night game. It's underway. So we're not going to be doing that game. But uh, why don't you go ahead, Hughes? Why don't you give us uh, your first pick of the week for week number six? All right. So my first pick of the week, man, this was a tough one because I feel like th- the last week I was kind of, I do think I second guessed myself a little bit. And I, and I, I talked about the fact that like I bet on the jets, the Jags and 
it just made me feel like I was like stupid. And it was like, why would you bet on those two teams? One of them, I mean, again, was my pick in, in, in this. And like, I, I just feel like it's like, I just need to figure out, you know, what, what is the, what is the game that I can, that I can find that just is going to be a guaranteed winner. And I think that's when you start to kind of like, yeah, and maybe get a little bit in your own head. So I'm going to start with the Packers. I think the Packers to me have showed that, you know, again, they're a team that can win the, these types of games. I think that they'll ultimately win this game this week. And I love, I, I love them with the line. So that's going to be my first pick Packers. I think it's minus four and a half in the minus four and a half. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Rogers deals. I think we're fine. I think they're fine. And I think that that's going to be my first pick. I love it. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more about being, two in your head when you're looking for just one or two games. Cause you're like you said, you start thinking a little bit too much, you start looking at the easy matchups and that's where you get yourself in a bind here. But the Packers minus four and a half, I'm with you here. Uh, I have them in our pool. Um, that game against the, uh, the Bengals was scary for them. And I gotta say the Bengals are frisky. We've got backdoor burrow. We got cover Joe. We've got some missed field goals that really changed that game. Um, but I do think that was kind of a kick in the ass for the, the Packers. You know, I think that they are now realizing like, yeah, we can't just coast on Aaron's arm here. Like we got to play a complete game and the Bengals defense is, is pretty good here. Um, now what I don't like is I hate the bears and I hate Matt Nagy. I have not gotten a, a pick with the bears, right? All season. I bet with them, I bet against them. They've burned me every single time here. So I can't get a read. And it really is saying something about Matt Nagy that their team has gotten better once he relinquish the play calling duties. Now all of a sudden fields kind of looks like he could be a, a legitimate quarterback. The offense starts clicking, but green Bay's defense last week showed me something too. They were banged up. They're missing a lot of guys and they did pretty well against a, a Bengals offense. That's pretty good here. So I am not going to argue that I can't pick against green Bay. I'm not taking Matt Nagy. So I like that at four and a half here. I don't think that's too big of a number on the road for them to cover here. I think so too. Yep. Okay, let's go to Coulter. He called in, and you got to love our insider, man. He provides information. So not only did he give me his picks, I've got some talking points. So I'll go through them here for you here. So his best bet, number one, is the Browns, minus two and a half against the Cardinals. And he is fading Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's been one of his staples since being on here. He is standing on that pedestal saying that Cliff is not a good coach. So basically it seems like he's saying they're four and one against the spread right now. And that's just not sustainable. He's going up against what he, what Coulter considers to be a better coach in Stefanski. Uh, the big talking point here, which I did not realize this because I was high on the Cardinals defense. Cardinals have the 31st ranked run defense. And we all know what the Browns can do on the ground here. And he thinks that they're now going to be max motivated coming off that tough loss in LA against the chargers here. Um, and let's see what else he's, he's got some few points here, but I don't know. What do you think my friend? Yeah. I mean, again, this is a little bit of a, we'll call it the, the Dave Portnoy special hungry dog runs faster. I do think the, that was a tough loss for them. So it's going to go one way or another. One way is they bounce back because they are a really good team. They're well coached. And I think they say to your point, they can take advantage of some of Arizona's weaknesses. The other thing is that that loss really kind of sets them on a spiral and they're going up against a team it's undefeated. And I think the one thing you start to look at at this time of year, especially you know in the NFL, is where are the zeros? Who hasn't won? Who hasn't lost? Because I think eventually, again, unless you really believe the teams are going to go 0-17, which I cannot imagine that's going to happen, or 17-0, and 
they're going to win or they're going to lose eventually. And so I think this is a good pick. I'm on Cleveland as well. I was on Arizona initially. I think the tough thing here is, again, can the Cardinals sustain what they're doing? They've looked incredible. On offense, they've taken care of the football. They've done what they need to do. They've got a tricky running game that does really good stuff both at the quarterback level and with their running backs. Um, And then they also just have been able to score points. And so I think that that's where – it's a little scary, but at the same time, I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the home team, you know, under the football number as, as uh, you know, the under three points. And I think I like Cleveland minus two and a half as well. Yeah, this is also Mr. Model's first pick. He likes Cleveland here as well. I was chatting with Mr. Model about this on the side here because, as you know, I need a little coaching in our pool. Yeah, so I called in my caddy, if you will, yep. Mr. Model. Yep. And he's high on them too. Obviously, he made that his first pick of the week. I was on Arizona. Um, I switched my pick to Cleveland. For a couple of things, he talked me into it. You know, like you said, being under three is a huge, uh, huge thing at home. So, you know, you're covered by that field goal. Um, for, I don't know. I feel like Arizona is the better team. And I feel like I'm, I'm missing something here by not taking them and the points. I know they're on the road here, but, I, I, you know, for me, and I guess I got to see the injury report. We saw what happens when Jadavion Clowney's not in that lineup for the Browns defense. I would never have thought at this point in his career that that guy was going to make that much of a difference, especially when they've got guys like Miles Garrett on the other side. But they got trashed by the Chargers last week. And that Chargers offense is good, but 40, what, 45 points, whatever the hell they put up against them, that doesn't add up. So I guess I got to see if, if uh, Jadavion's playing. But uh, this game's got me in a pickle because I want to take the undefeated team getting points here. But everything is saying, you know, look for a bounce back win. One of my tenets on this is a good team coming off a bad loss. I do think yep. Cleveland's a good team here. So uh, I'm on Cleveland in the pool. I, I, so I guess I got to ride with them and, and agree and say, yep, give me the uh, the Browns at yeah. minus two and a half. No, I agree. And I feel like if it was three and a half, I might feel a little differently about it because I think catching a field goal um, buffer would be nice with Arizona. But the two and a half, I mean, again, it really just comes down to who you think is going to win the game. And, you know, to me, I mean, and I think – I do think that, again, the Cardinals are not going to go undefeated. I don't think anybody picked them to be the best team, even in that their own division. No. Nevertheless, the best team in the NFL. Um, but at the same time, there's just a dynamic nature to what they've been able to do. That I, I, Again, I'd be interested to get Coulter's opinion on this because, again, he's been a pretty anti-Cliff guy, as we all have to, at times. But around whether maybe that doesn't matter as much. Like, And I don't mean that in the sense that like he's not calling the plays or he's not you know organizing it. But like – They've got a quarterback that can pretty much improvise and do like he's he he's just a special guy. Like he can throw the ball, he can run the ball, and he's kind of little, which I think sometimes makes it harder to tackle him. Like I, you just yeah. watch him play, and it's just one of those funny things. So I, again, I'm I'm on the Browns too, but I do think like I would not be surprised if the Cardinals win this game. Yeah, that's well said, and I love watching Kyler in the pocket, man. It's like when you see him scrambling back there. He looks like he is 10 times faster than everyone else on the field. And that just creates opportunities. I don't know if the, if the Browns have the guys that can limit him, but if he's a little banged up, I guess that, you know, might change things. Yep. All right. My first pick, it pains me. It hurts me. Oh, but I got to do it. I'm taking the Rams coming to New York, throwing down a huge number, 10 and a half points. A couple of things here. The Giants are just so beat up. Let's just start there. No Saquon, no Galladay. Who knows if Shepard's playing? Who knows if Slayton's playing? Kadarius Toney, who looked incredible. Now he's a little hobbled. 
Their offensive line is in shambles. Looks like Andrew Thomas not playing. Daniel Jones coming off a concussion. He's probably going to play, but who knows? My bigger concern, I don't even care about those many people missing a game on the offensive standpoint, is that this Giants defense is not going to be able to stop the Rams offense. They're just not. Their secondary is getting torched. And our prized free agent signing last year, James Bradbury, all pro last year, is just getting shredded. And I have no idea what's happening. But I'll tell you where it starts up front. They're getting no pass rush. So I think Stafford's going to have all day to sit back there and pick apart the Giants secondary. And I just cannot see the Giants keeping up with the Rams. I mean, look at that Cowboy game last week. Granted, they lost a bunch of guys mid-game, but that's a similar way of playing this game, I think, with the Giants you're going to see against the Rams. They might hang in for a little bit. They might be on the verge of a backdoor cover, but then all of a sudden it's a 14-17, 20-point game here. And my boy Dave Gettleman, let me just give you the stat. I know it's not against the spread, but the man is now 16-37 and 37 as GM of the New York Football Giants. It's time for him to go. So give me the Rams, minus 10.5 on the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to say I'm against you on this one. I do think the injuries and where they're at. I mean, I mean you might get Mike Glennon. I mean, like, and if you get Mike Glennon, and the Rams are good, I, I can't imagine that they don't cover ten. That being said, Stafford obviously got a little banged up in that Seattle game. There's something wrong with his thumb. I don't want to say that he's Mr. Glass because people have, you know, all obviously pointed out that he's played a lot of games in the NFL. He has not been hurt a lot, but I do think he always seems banged up. And yep. so I do think that like their defense is also banged up. I think I saw that uh, Donald was uh, didn't hasn't practiced yet this week, um, but I do think the Rams, from a pedigree perspective, should have enough um, to cover that line. And that's I'm going to go with the Rams too. I just think the Giants are in such a weird, weird spot right now because I do think they have some things to be excited about, but at the same time, like their offensive line um, is at times so bad that you'd almost rather not play a quarterback that you want to play next year because you're afraid he's going to be right. killed. Right. Um, and not to say that the reason he got hurt was because of the offensive line. I think it was on no. a QB stage, no, yeah. Yeah, which is just in- insane. And again, like, but yeah, QB run. Sorry. I'm like, I think that's, you know, it just, that's kind of their luck right now. It's like they're, you know, Dan Jones starts looking decent and then he all of a sudden he's wobbling off the field because they decide to run, you know, with him and try and score a touchdown. So, I agree with you on Gettleman. I think he's completely in over his head. Um, but I also, at the same time, think that the Rams maybe aren't as good as we thought they were. Um, Interesting. I mean, again, I've been a proponent of, of, of what they can do. I just haven't thought that Stafford has been as good as he was the first couple weeks. Like, And I think people will gradually kind of start to figure him out. But again – um, in this game, this should be something that they look at and are like, all right, let's go put up some, put up some numbers. Let's have a good day. Let's get back on track. I mean, they won last week in Seattle, but like, you know, let's keep this thing rolling. And, and yeah, I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on the Rams. Yeah. It, it's just, it's concerning. And I wish it wasn't this way, but it, this seems like a, just a, a complete mismatch everywhere you look. If Nate soldier is stepping on that field for the giants, then there's going to be at least five sacks in that game. That guy is so bad. So I don't know, my friend. It, it pains me. I'm wearing the Giants colors. I'm a Giants fan, but sometimes you got to make the obvious pick. Um, okay, so like I said, Mr. Model, he's also on Cleveland with Coulter, so let's take it over to you, Hughes. Let's get your key pick of the week. All right, so this one was kind of tough. I, again, I, I'm i going to go this route for a couple of different reasons, and um, you know, I think maybe somebody would say this this might uh, you know attribute a little bit to some of the woke apocalypse, but I'm going with the Chargers. 
plus three and a half at Baltimore. I really like their head coach. Again, he came out this week. He had some things to say about the Gruden situation. We don't really need to get into the Gruden situation other than the fact that, like, the world has changed. Um, and I think the world's changed probably in Gruden's world since he sent some of those emails. But at the same time, the world has changed. And I thought that Staley did a great job this week of encapsulating what it means to be a head coach in the NFL, what it means to be a leader of men. And ultimately, what I think that that this team has showed in terms of what he's brought to the table to help them navigate to a 4 one record. So I'm going to go with the Chargers plus three and a half. Now, part of that is that, shit, I'll take the three and a half. I do not think the Ravens are that good. The Ravens should have lost to the Colts. The Ravens didn't lose to the Colts because the Ravens ultimately have a really good quarterback. And I think no <laughs> one gives him any respect, including me. Um, but at the same time, I do really like what Herbert's done. I really like, I know, I know you're on him for NBA. <laughs> I really like what the Chargers are doing right now. And I think that the Chargers are, in fact, the best team in the AFC West. Whoa. And I'm saying that I think that the Chiefs are also in an interesting spot. So I said I had some hot takes for tonight, and that's this is this contributes to one of those. I think the Chiefs are in trouble, and I don't mean that the Chiefs are in trouble from a personnel standpoint. I don't think the Chiefs are in trouble from who they have as their quarterback, but I think the Chiefs are in trouble from the sense that losing a Super Bowl is, has been a death knell in the NFL the next season. They look like they do, are just not very well put together. They've had a number of injuries now on the offensive line. I think that they've not looked like they rebuilt their offensive line. Their defense stinks. I mean, I, again, other than Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stinks. He's hurt. Terrible. He's hurt. They yeah. don't have a wide receiver outside of Hill, and he's not even been that great. Kelsey's probably their best offensive weapon, and they can't seem to always get him the ball. And again, Patrick Mahomes has been good, but not great. And so, like, that's where, I mean, I'm on the Chargers hard, and anytime the Chargers are going to be an underdog by more than a field goal, I'm taking that. Again, it makes yeah. me feel a little bit weird that they're, you know, obviously coming east. Um, it's a one o'clock game. Everybody always gets their fucking panties in a twist about like, oh my god, teams <laughs> can't come from the west coast. And I'm, I'm saying, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for those trends too. But at the same time, I just really like what the Chargers do, and I really like their head coach. I really, Herbert's just awesome. Um, and I think that they win this game. I think they win outright. I, I'll be honest with you. I, if I, I'm going to put money on the money line. I think that it's you know it's probably going to be somewhere in the 180 you know 200 range. I, I would think I'm eh, maybe a little bit less, but like I think it's going to be good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that money line because again, like I think the Chargers are for real. Yeah, I do too. I think they're a really good team. I don't think that's a hot take that they're the best team in that that division there because the, the Chargers. I mean, you you hit a lot of stuff with the Chargers, but their defense is just in shambles. They can't stop a nosebleed. Um, yeah. So that that's a bigger concern if you're a Chiefs fan right now. Um, yeah, this seems like a weird line to me. I thought this would have been closer to like a one and a half, almost a pick them even. Because when I watched that Ravens-Colts game, the Colts are not a good team either. And they came out and just took it to the Ravens. And similar to the Chiefs, I think the Ravens have a lot of problems on defense. I mean, obviously they're banged up there. But, you know, they let Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor just go up and down the field on them. And to me, the Chargers offense is much better than that. I mean, much better. So strange line. Plus, we're getting the three and a half hook. I like that all day, every day. I'm with you there. Uh, I, I don't hate sprinkling on the money line either, my friend. I did that last week at the Bills. little uh, spread, money line, sprinkle, and it worked out well. I will say, if you like if you like a game, the, the spread, money line, double, uh, again, an old an old Portnoy special, like, I think it's a great play. Like, I just think if you've got that confidence, I mean, again, double it up. Give yourself some insurance. Let yourself, you know, I mean, maybe you get, you know, one, you know, you put – hundred bucks on the, on the spread, 50 bucks on the money line. All of a sudden your spread bet covers the money line and, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. it's just, 
even if even if you don't get exactly what you want. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I, I really like that pick. And uh, by the way, Tom Brady, 14 to seven right now. Um, yep. Just threw an, just threw another touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. I'll cash that ticket, Antonio Brown, anytime score. Yes, yes. let's go, Let's baby. do it. Um, yeah, so I think we're, we're all in agreement with that one. Uh, give me the Chargers. So yeah. I'm going to go with Mr. Model first because uh, Coulter and I have some similar thoughts. Mr. Model, I, I think, might be getting cute here. He's taking the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, on the road in Carolina. They're getting one and a half points, so he's taking the, the dog here. Um my initial take on this one, I had Carolina. Uh, I can't get a read on this Vikings team, man. They are they are just up and down. They're scoring a ton of points. They're doing nothing on offense. They should have lost to the Lions last week. I just don't know. On the flip side, you got Carolina. Good defense. They look like they're kind of regressing here. Uh, I, I've got yeah. Carolina in the pool, so I don't know if I want to crossfire this because – I just don't trust Minnesota enough here, but I, I I'm on Carolina. So I guess, fuck it. Let me crossfire him. Ooh, I am on Minnesota. And that is because I think that there's something wrong with Sam dark. Uh, I watched some of that Eagles game last week. That was my double crossfire winner. I just don't think, I think either they started reading their press clippings a little bit or Possible. they're banged up enough now without McCaffrey. McCaffrey might play this week, which will be interesting, but I thought he might play last week. Yeah, it didn't. So like, that's where I can't tell if they're trying to tease that out there to try and keep people on their toes or if maybe he actually does play. Um, I do think Minnesota is a desperate team. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I don't know if I would crossfire just because like, it's one of those weird games where I think I I easily could have gone either way. I just, I think we saw the real Sam Darnold and I don't know if we saw a fake Sam Darnold for the first couple of weeks where I thought he played really well but I also think he maybe was going up against some defenses that were a little bit suspect. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually on Minnesota with the model. Interesting. And, I mean, this is, again, like I said, another team I can't get a read on here. I think you were the one that first brought this up earlier in the season that the the Vikings, the Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, you know, love fit marriage is, is kind of coming to an end here. Um, I'll be honest. I was watching the, the Vikings game a little bit last week against the Lions. I saw them give up that two-point conversion with like 30 seconds to go in the game. I turned it off. I thought they were over. I thought it was done. I'm calling for Mike Zimmer's head. And then all of a sudden they come back. I was like, what the hell happened there? Um, you know, a desperate team. Yeah, the Vikings are a desperate team. But do they really have a shot at making the playoffs, you think? There's no way, right? Probably not. And, and that's where it's like one of those weird things where like, again, they like the Browns game. They played the Browns. It was 14-7. They played the Lions. It was 19-17. Like, I mean, like. I just can't – I don't know whether they can score the points. That being said, I don't know if the Panthers can either. And, like, the, the, the some of the throws that Sam Darnold was making last week, he made Darius Slay look at like he was fucking Darrell Revis. Like, I mean, like, it, it was – it was it, they gave them the game. Like, I, I mean, the, the, the Eagles did not want to win. I thought the Panthers kept just turning the ball over and playing like shit. And, again, if they get that again – I think you could see the fact that the Panthers are maybe in a little bit more trouble and and are certainly not the team that I think a lot of people thought like after the first couple of weeks that maybe like, Oh shit, like maybe these guys are good. Like, I mean, they, they beat the jets and they beat the saints and again, not, and, and then they beat the Texans. So their three right. wins are the jets, the saints, the Texans. And we know who beat Nothing the saints. I mean, exactly. They got, they lost to the Cowboys in a good game. That was a fun, that was a good game. And then, but then they lost the fucking Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are not good. I mean, like we're talking right now. I mean, it's fourteen seven, but like, 
that's where I just I think the Panthers are maybe like one of those teams that will play well against bad teams. I think they're well coached. I mean, I do like Matt Rule, um, but I just I'm not a Sam Darnold guy. I just don't think he's that good. I think they would have been just as good with Teddy Two Gloves. And that's where, again, I think Denver's a fucking fraud, too, because, like, I just think you have these quarterbacks. They're great. Like, yeah, maybe they get you to 8-8 eight and eight or 8-9 eight, eight and nine or 9-8 nine and eight this year or whatever. But, like, I just don't think, like, these guys are guys that you can be like, yeah, this guy, every, on a week-in, week-out basis, like, I can't worry about this fucking guy. So that's why I'd rather take the dog. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. And you gave me a good point about the Broncos. And Coulter and Mr. Model aren't here to defend their team, but – you know, I picked them last week against Pittsburgh, but they have a fatal flaw in that if they get behind, is Teddy Two Gloves really going to come back and sling the ball and come back with a 14-point deficit? I mean, it didn't happen, and I can't see it happening again. Um, I guess as we're talking through this, I could see the same thing happen with the Panthers. I mean, is, is Sam Darnold really going to do that? It's a tough yeah. spot to be. And let me go back to the Vikings real quick because I, it, I guess it applies both to the, the Broncos and the Panthers as well. That's that NFL purgatory. When you're in that, like, middle of the road, that eight and eight or like eight and nine now or whatever it is. Maybe you're fighting for a wild card, but you know, you're not going anywhere worse. You don't make the playoffs. You're picking 15th. Like that's hard to get better. That's just a dead man's spot in the NFL. So I think that's where the Vikings are headed this season with Kirk cousins. Totally agree. And that's where like, I'm, I'm a little, you know, we talked about Denver a little bit. I'm a little, I might be on Vegas. Like all the shit that's happened to Vegas, all the shit's happened to Vegas. Like, I think, I, I think Vegas is in a spot right now where it's like, you're talking about a rallying cry. You're talking about a, a chance to circle the fucking wagons. Like, Vegas. Like, I, I yep. missed that last week. I totally screwed that up with the Gruden. I didn't, I didn't realize how much noise there was with the Gruden thing. Sam. Once, once that whole – like, if you watched them play last week, they, they played like they like were rattled. Yep. This week, no. They are going to play like, again, Hungry Dog runs faster – um, I really, really like Vegas this week. Yeah, I switched to Vegas. This is a foxhole game. This is a players in the locker yeah. room game coming out to make yeah. a statement. I could see them steamrolling the Broncos this week. Yeah, I, I love that pick uh, th- this week. All right, so let me take it away for my key pick of the week. It also happens to be, like I said, Coulter's key pick. We are riding the wagon that is the Buffalo Bills. Let me give you Coulter's talking points first, and then I'll jump in on mine here. Coulter thinks this is a huge bargain. Tennessee's a bottom 10, maybe bottom 12 team in the NFL. And according to Coulter, the Bills are probably the unanimous eh, number one power team in the rankings, if you were. Uh, I love this game because, like Coulter said, I'm getting the Titans. They're, they're just not good. I don't know what's happening there. They fell off a wagon. Maybe Arthur Smith was really the key to that offense. I don't know. They're banged up. They got injuries at receivers. They really are relying only on Derrick Henry, and that's a – awfully good thing to rely on but you're very one-dimensional uh but for me the reason i like this the bills they're a wagon tennessee's defense trash just like we saw last week with kansas city trash defense and josh allen not only does he have a howitzer the guy can run the pocket the guy can move but more importantly i said this last week when i picked them with the chiefs the bills defense is very much for real very much for real i think they get to Tannehill. i think they rattle him i think they force him to throw the ball. They're going to stack that box against Derrick Henry. Here's Coulter. He's got a bonus point too. He said he doesn't think that Tennessee's offensive line can keep Tannehill protected with the Buffalo pass rush. He's even calling for a backup quarterback to come into the game for the Tennessee Titans. So that's a, that's a bit extreme, but I don't know. What do you think? Right. What do you like about our key right. picks? All right. 
I think I might have texted you guys. The Buffalo Bills currently have the number one scoring offense and the number one scoring defense in the NFL. That being said, I'm going double crossfire. We're going back to the well. And here's why. Five and a half in Tennessee. Again, hungry dog runs faster. I think the Titans care more about winning this game than Buffalo. And therefore, them landing within a field goal to me doesn't seem like it's going to be that far off. I think the Bills have taken advantage of some bad teams. I think the Titans aren't the best team, but at the same time, at home, Monday night, the fucking lights are on. And guess what? They also have a guy named the King, Henry. And I think that at the end of the day, I think he gets going. I think the Titans, I'm not saying they win this game. I don't know if I'd even say sprinkle the money line. But what I would say is I think the Titans plus five and a half is a good number. And I'll give you guys a chance to win your money back. So we're going to go double crossfire on you and Coulter, and we'll see what we do. Tennessee plus five and a half against your Buffalo minus five and a half. I like that. that is a ballsy pick, my friend. You just said Buffalo had the number one scoring offense and defense. Talk about man in the suit. Got to know when it's time. Got to know when it's time. Interesting. I'm just on the, the thought that this is a wagon. I mean, I've been watching a decent amount of the Bills this year. I've they got lost fantasy to the interest. fucking Steelers. I know. That was week yeah, one. Fluky things can happen in week one. Hey. They lost because of a block punt. That was the difference there. Okay. Flukies. Flukies. Things can happen week five, too, under the lights Monday night in Tennessee. Nashville's going to be alive. Hey, I, I can play this game. You want to play bad losses? Who did the Titans lose to? The fucking Jets. I, again, I'm not saying that the Titans have been good. I'm just saying I'll take the points on a team that I think should win their division. I mean, again, like that, not to say that, again, not to say they win this game, not to say they're the better team in this game. I just think anytime you have the public absolutely fawning over a team like this, I just think you've got a pretty good opportunity to fucking take five and a half points and think that, you know what? I think I got a pretty good chance here. I think the Bills, yes, they're very good. The Bills are, look, but again, okay, Tennessee beat the Jags 37 to 19 last week. Does that say anything on the road? Probably not. But at the same time, it does say to me that, like, they lost to the Jets and they bounced back. Now, can the Bills keep riding this thing? Of course. The Bills are really good. Josh Allen's awesome. He's probably going to win the MVP. There's another one of your MVP guys. But at the same time, I do think Titans have a lot of pride. I don't think they lose by more than three points. Okay. Uh, I am uh, on this gambling tenant. You know, if I had a chance, I should write these out. This one's probably not my smartest one, but – I ride them until they beat me. I just ride them until they beat me, and I'm riding this Bills wave. They've been hot. They've been covering. They look like a wagon. I think soon you're going to see Vegas course correct, too, and that spread. These spreads are going to be now even bigger. You're going to get seven, eight spreads pretty soon when they're playing bad teams. And I think they're going to add in there. I don't think that's weighted in just yet with this Titans game. So I think I'm getting a slight value. All I want to say about the Titans is they only have one bad loss, and it was in overtime against a team that, again, hadn't won a game and was at home. I do not think that the Arizona loss at the beginning of the season, though it was fairly a blowout, was a bad loss for the Titans. I think, you know, they beat Seattle, they beat Indy, they beat Jacksonville, which they should win those games. I think yep. they're in a good position for their division. They need to win some of these games. So I think they keep it close. I mean, I think the Bills win. I think the Bills are class. But, like, at the same time, the Bills, in my opinion, their running game is suspect. I mean, I like Moss. I like Singletary. But I don't love either, either one. And so I do think that there's a real opportunity there. For the Titans to, again, pound the ball. I was actually just trying to pull up. I don't know how much rushing yards allowed. The Bills are allowing 78 rushing yards a game. That is going to be put to the test. The question is, if they can keep that number where it is, I think they win easily. If they can't, 
then they're going to be in for a long day. And I the think Bills that's a fair assessment. Really anybody. The Bills beat Houston, Washington, Miami, and lost to Pittsburgh. Now, the Chiefs they beat, but we've talked about the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs yeah. are in trouble. I do not yeah. think they beat a good team this year. I, I'd agree with that, but I'd also say I don't think the Titans are a good team. So I can see where you're a little concerned. Five and a half, maybe. I, I get it. But this is my key pick. I'm sticking like with them. They've taken me to the promised land. And like I said, I'm going to ride them until they beat me, baby. I just changed my pick. Well, no, I'm, I actually I just do, I do want full disclosure. I'm on the Bills in our pool. I may switch that pick just given the fact that I want to triple you got a little, little action there. Okay, my friend. Sure. Now, I got to ask you about this game because it's probably the ugliest game on paper. And it's a London game. Uh, this is not for the picks, but in our pool, we got to make every pick. I am somehow sitting here on the Jags. No. Am I crazy? Yes. Well, no, you're not crazy <laughs> because who, the, both these teams stink. Um, I do think I do think Miami has better players, and I do think they have a better coach. And I thought that I thought last week that Jacks might circle the wagons again around Urban. Shit was hitting the fan. You know, like, hey, it's a players' league. Fuck this guy. We're going to show everybody what we've got. They played terrible, um, and they looked terrible. And I think that's exactly what we've known about them is that they're not good. I don't think Miami's that bad. So I'm going to be on the Broncos. I mean, excuse me. I'm going to be on the Dolphins. I do think that, again, saw a little bit of life out of Gaskin. I, I think, I do think sneakily there may be a better team with Brissett than they are with Tua Tungavailoa. Um, which is crazy to say, but I, I, I just do. I think it's so ironic that, you know, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, to uh, I think you're looking at the two guys that people probably thought were the two worst quarterbacks of the three being the two better quarterbacks of the three. And the third guy is just a little bit of an odd man out because one, he can never fucking stay healthy. He's not that big. That's huge. And yeah. Again, I, I, I played football for enough years to hate lefty quarterbacks. They just make the game all wacky and weird and everything on offense is backwards. Everything on defense looks like it's easy because they just don't look like they know. And, and I just have to, you know, kind of how I felt about Tua. So I'm on, I'm on Miami in London town. I, I, I'm a proponent of the nine 30 game though. My wife was chirping me because I was watching my <laughs> phone while we were at the playground with our kids at 10 o'clock in the morning. So what are you doing? I'm like, it's a game. It's a London game. Come on. Yeah. I'm over here sitting with the baby. What's, what's your, I mean, she's like, there's, it's I'll like 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I, it's not my fault. I can't do anything about the fact that London town's going off right now. And, and t- yeah. t- t- Tottenham stadium. I, I, Tottenham I'm Hotspurs. sorry. What am I supposed to do? No, Game is I, do on. Think that, watch. I mean, that's what I said. It's football Sunday. There's only so many of these. You got to take advantage. And so I do think that there's an element to that. But yeah, I mean, I think this will be maybe a little bit more of a competitive game uh, than we think, but I do think Miami pulls it up. So before we go, Bill, I want to just get your thoughts here. You are currently sitting atop the standings in this pool that oh, we're in, my man. friend. You've got a nice lead. Obviously, you're tied for first right now. Got a little cushion between you and the other guys down there. You're way the fuck ahead of me. How does it feel, man? You're coming out to a hot lead. You're a little front running right now. I will say it's the hardest spot to be in because I, I do think, again, it's it's almost easier to start set, like to start saying I'm going to fade myself when I'm winning because of the fact that, like, I mean, it's so hard. This game is so hard. I mean, to get right. – I don't even know what the percentage is, but, like, to get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm cruising, it's like, all right, well, guess what, buddy? Things are going to change. I mean, like anything, you know, you play, you gamble at anything in life. You know, you play roulette, you play blackjack, you play crabs. Again, 
the house always house finds wins. a way. Yep. <laughs> and I think with this, it's, it is a lot of fun. And I, and I do think, again, like you look, I looked at last week and it's like, man, I can't believe I missed those picks. But it's like, just be happy with the fact that you came out with more wins and losses. I mean, like at the yeah. end of the day, that that's the whole game. And I've always said that about gambling. And, and to me, my goal is to have fun and break even. You know, if I can, if I could gamble for 50 years and, and bet 5 million games and break even, that's all I want. I'm not trying that's to get it. rid yeah. right. I'm just trying to have fun. And I do think that that's the wild thing about gambling is that like you go on these, these swings and these runs. So I'm hoping I can keep it up. Um, again, I'm trying to just kind of, you know, do the same type of routine each week, trying to figure out like, okay, like, what do I like? And then again, with the coin toss games, it's like, all right, maybe, maybe we look at this differently. Like I'm looking at the pool right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that took Philly. Like, is Philly going to cover this line? I mean, it's six and a half in our pool. Probably not. If it were seven right. and a half, seven, maybe, maybe, maybe thinking, right? right? Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? So like that happened to me. I'm in two different picks leagues, this one and another one. The Monday night game in our league, I think was plus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. The Monday night line in my, the other league, I think I ended up actually being really lucky and took the Ravens like minus five or six or minus six. And again, or whatever they covered, I covered in both. <laughs> what they got. Just, that's the world, right? Like that's the world we live in. It's like Vegas is sharpening their pencil. They're always on top of what's going on. And I think that's, that's where you know, you're just always thankful for when you can get on these little win streaks. I just wish I'd bet more individual games. I mean, for those of you out there that, that like to gamble, I'm a big parlay guy. I like playing parlays. I like to try and make a little bit of money, go a little bit farther and really to try and ride that roller coaster. Cause even the parlay games is such a, such more of a roller coaster. But I do think like, you know, finding your way on, on the sides, you can never have enough confidence to bet every single game every week. And they just like, can't. you know what? After, after five weeks, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be up X amount of units because again, one, the VIG gets you a little bit. And then two, you know, it's just so hard to win in this league. It's just so crazy, but it's, I'm excited. It's been a lot of fun. It's a cool league. And I do think, um, you know, we'll see if I can keep it up. I hope so, man. You got, you got to represent for double down trim. Cause I am not doing it. I oh. like to think of it as like, you know, it's like paying a cover band or a uh, cover price to see a band at a bar. You know, it's like, Here's the cost of admission. Enjoy yourself while you're here. That's the yep. way I see it. So we'll see, yep. my friend. All right, buddy. Well, best of luck. Hope you get some good picks. We got one crossfire, some good games. Tommy I'm Boy's excited. on TV right now. So we'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.